A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other uh, and colleagues in education is it's essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Just For Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm catching up with Tyler Posey, the actor shot to fame as Scott on MTV's Teen Wolf. Since then, he's also become quite a prolific musician. He recently dropped his solo debut, Shut Up, featuring vocals by Femme and Travis Barker on drums. I caught up with the 29-year-old Posey from his home in Los Angeles to talk music, sobriety, his sexuality, and why he thinks fans are ready for a Teen Wolf reunion. I'll have Tyler Posey coming up after this short break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Here's Tyler Posey. So how have you been? I haven't seen you forever. Long time, dude. I've been, I've been, yeah. good, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Team Wolf is off the air. Um, you know, <laughs> a bunch of projects outside of that. I really started. So during Teen Wolf, I really got excited with uh, directing and writing my own stuff. I really got on top of that after the show ended and um, just started filming stuff with my friends. I bought all this equipment. I love camera operating. So mm. just a lot of found things that I've kind of like had to put on the back burner while, while I'm so busy with Teen Wolf that I've just kind of right. like edge of and just really hit the ground running with them. Music. Um, just figuring it out, man. It's, it's, it's been a bumpy ride, but a fun one at the same time. And it's cool. It's interesting, you know? And you have new music. So tell me about this song. What is, is shut up a song to someone or something? I was trying to figure it out. It's so I, it's, it's a song to somebody, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's very, it's, it's really relatable and very real and personal to me, but there's also some parts that are a little elaborated, you know, for poetic reasons for, for music writing and, and right. and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's about me and my ex. Um, I guess it's a little bit shut up to her and to myself. I got mm-hmm. sober in quarantine um, just to break some bad habits that I've had since I was a kid, you know, awesome. smoking, drinking. And so I was full on sober for about five months and just really start trying to take care of myself and, I was meditating every day and praying and not, not to anything religious, just like a higher power and just feeling like yep. something bigger than me in the world. And I was taking care of myself and, and being there for a lot of other people. And it was really interesting. Um, but normally when I'm depressed, I would just turn to any sort of pot substance, you know, anything and just kind yep. of try to you know, uh, numb myself that way. Um, and my ex and I had been broken up for a little bit. I was telling her that I was sober and my life in sobriety and, how that was going. And, um, we started talking a little bit more and it just sort of kind of got back to a place 
that reminded reminded me why we broke up in the first place and mm. and it kind of depressed me and it was the first time I was depressed without any substances to look to you know and I really wanted to stay sober at least just try it out for a while and I really had to like kind of sit with that uncomfortable feeling um and so that's basically what the song is about the song is a it's a culmination of like a couple of years of substance abuse um me with this girl and our relationship and kind of experiencing what it's like to be sort of depressed without having being able to you know have find any substances to kind of curb that you know um so it's a pretty personal song and it's like powerful and 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 when i first started writing it i was i was on a trip with my friend and my dogs in an rv mm-hmm. in arizona and i brought my guitar with me and we just start we start i started writing the song and as it was coming out i was like wow this feels really like like this could be a good big song and and now it's on the radio and you know it's just like it it was one of those moments where like it felt right from like the starting point you know wow it doesn't have a well, I'm sober myself. I'm going on July will be, God willing, higher power willing, eight years. Good for you, man. Very, yeah, very, very cool. It's the best thing I've ever done. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Best thing I've ever done. And even on top of that, the better thing is being public about it. You know, I know there's the anonymity and anonymous and we know all that. But, you know, my journey has been telling people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if I could help one person, it makes it all worth it. Of course, man. Yeah. So like before I got sober, I, my whole life, I was like, God, I want to be there for people, but I didn't really know how. Right. And then when I got sober, I was like, oh, I think that this is part of it. I think this is like part of my reason as to why that I'm here is to help people. Even if, like you said, it's just one person at a time. Yeah. Because it helps you too. How's your sobriety these days? How are you doing? So when I first got sober, I definitely really wanted to like break these habits that I had. Um, and so that was, that was, that was most of it. Cause I was, I never really considered myself an alcoholic. Um, there was moments of substance abuse, um, that I kind of, I felt like I had kind of control over, but there was a moment where it got a little scary and I felt like I needed some help and definitely wanted to, you know, not be this kind of, I just always viewed myself as a lazy pothead, you know, (laughs) this is on top of that, you know, pot's kind of like the, like the, the easy one, or I don't know. Right. So I didn't know how long I wanted to be sober. I've since um, started coming back into the other world, the other side of things. So I'm not like, technically not sober anymore, but I keep right. in touch with everybody. Um, but it's definitely not, you know, anywhere near what I was. I learned a lot about myself. Mm. I'm not completely sober anymore. Definitely nowhere mm. near as intense as I was. But like you said, sobriety is it really is the greatest thing in the world. Cause it, 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 it helped, it helped me grow up. I felt like since I was about 14 years old, I've sort of stunted my, my mental growth from just, you know, not dealing with anything and dealing it, dealing with it right. with weed or, or drugs or booze. And so the time that I was sober, I felt like it like kickstarted me growing up and like, sped up the process of me of me kind of growing up and dealing with the stuff that I kind of haven't been dealing with forever. So being sober was it 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 was a really, really eye-opening, um, crucial, I think, process for me. And I think for a lot of other people, it wasn't just being sober that that it was. It was everything that it taught you. Being there for other people, right. being there for yourself, diving deep into yourself, taking accountability, being grateful, 
everything under that under the under the moon it was it was uh really 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 crucial i think for me and my progression of my evolution and right. now that you know dabbling again it's i i definitely have a better sense of it all and i don't feel like i was the person that i was before you know and it's always it's always interesting talking because i was really gung-ho with sobriety and i loved it and i was in the program and everything and it's mm-hmm. it's a little to me still now because i still fairly knew that i'm back it's nerve-wracking talking to another sober person about me not being sober anymore you know because like i i, I yeah. don't want to i i know that you're not judging me you know mm-hmm. but there's there's that sense of like letting me and you and the whole program down. I'm very cool right now. Like there's nothing worrisome or anything right now, but you know, maybe down the line, That's great. I'll, I'll back to the, to the program. And I love it. I love the program. I love the people in it. And at a certain yeah. point, at a certain point, I, the reason why I came back was that like, there's this line that I wrote in a song, but it kind of sticks out in my head. It's that like, I know more about everybody here than I know about myself now because I don't know if I can never come back to this stuff again. I don't know if I'll, if, 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 if I'll do drugs again and I'll go go crazy or I won't, you know, and I kind of wanted to, you know, experience that for myself and, and, and if I can trust myself. And so it's, it's really an experiment, this entire coming back thing. And, because I really, I found my footing being sober, man. It was the first time I've ever had a routine in my entire life. How has making music changed since you've had some sobriety in your life? I'm at, you know, you're just more clear-headed. Absolutely. You're more clear-headed. You do kind of, so from an artist standpoint, it's a little nerve-wracking tackling art, not with a substance in your head. You know, you're like, okay, my whole entire mm-hmm. life, I've been writing music stoned. So am I going right. to suck when I'm not stoned? But you do tap into this like untapped sort of part of your brain that's this really creative element that you've never really kind of expressed before. And or at least that was my experience when it came to writing music. I was like, oh, I don't have to be completely stoned out of my mind to write music. And it's it just it feels different. Um, it does feel a little bit more. Not I wouldn't say intelligent, but like it just feels cleaner and more real. And more real. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, you're in touch. How tough was it? You know, you're on a show like Teen Wolf. I mean, listen, I remember I was there from day one. You guys shot to fame. You know, we'll use the cliche overnight. How difficult was it knowing that, you know, you're going home, you're smoking weed, you're partying, you're getting into trouble. And all these kids, all these young people are looking at you and you're being called role models. Uh-huh. How much did that play with you? Yeah, it was, it was definitely weird because it sort of made me question who I who I was and who I wanted to portray myself to the world mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know I wanted what version of myself I wanted the world to see um and because like MTV kind of they didn't force us to get Instagrams or social media but they were like hey guys we'd like for you to get some Twitters and you know and like, what is that and, uh, and so we learned how to learn how to Twitter and and I'm very much unfiltered and it's kind of hard for me to be anybody else other than myself um, but then there were moments when I would like show a little bit too much where I was like smoking weed and I would like take a picture of it. And my managers would like come back at me. They're like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to post this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I thought it was not that bad. Um, so it was, it, it, it was a little, it just, it, the hardest part about it was just kind of finding my place in it. But then, you know, I, 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 I figured out that like, you know, there's, there's a certain demographic that follows me and I don't necessarily need to cater to them, but I should probably mm-hmm. not, you know, there's certain, there's, there's a time and place for everything. And I don't need to post 
stupid shit of me getting stoned or or anything like that. <laughs> kind of like a bragging thing. It's like, look at me, I'm smoking a bong. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> so there was there was a bit of a learning curve for sure. Um, but uh the real substance abuse and all that kind of stuff started pretty recently. You know, it was about maybe right. two years ago when Teen Wolf was already kind of over and I wasn't posting as much. And so it was easier for me to fall into this hole because I wasn't so active and kind of showing my personal life. You know, it was easier for me to just be right. like, okay, I'm going to take a break from the world, you know? So. And now how many tattoos do you have? <laughs> I just, I also just <laughs> got a brand new uh, You got a brand new one? I have over 40. Just got a brand new one. Let me see if I can show you. It's a little wrapped up right now, but uh, my friend hit me up. It's, it's a little bloody too. Oh yeah, the clown. Yeah, wow. Forty. Yeah, over forty. I, I counted not too long ago. It's kind of hard to keep track now. Maybe even fifty now. I'm not really sure. Your managers tell you, "Hey, don't post a photo of you smoking weed." How many managers or people of your team are like, "Okay, if you're gonna do the tattoos, put them where you could hide them, so you don't have to." That was that was a big thing for a long time. Um, I got my first tattoo when I was 18 on my ribs and the managers that I was with at that point, I was, I had been with since I was 15. So she, she knew about me for a while. And so I, right. it was the thing. It was just for the longest time, I'm not with them anymore. And uh, for the longest time, for so long, it was this sneaky thing that I felt like I was hiding from them. And I had to be like, <laughs> like sneaky about it. It was just kind of this weird stress that, uh, that I don't know. I just, it, 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 it kind of, it, I wouldn't say it messed me up, but it, it helped me, it made me want to express myself even more. You know, the fact that like, they were like, you can't get tattoos. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get more. <laughs> you know? I feel like probably like when the world first discovered your tattoos, I feel like there was probably like the tabloid headlines, like see Tyler Posey's secret tattoo. And it's like, you're on the beach and they zoom in on your rib cage. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that one, so I've since gotten that one removed through through laser. <laughs> and then I got another one on top of it. So it's a different tattoo. But yeah, man, they've just been in my life for a long time. I've always loved them. Ever since I was like 12 years old, I used to like scratch <laughs> like punk symbols into my own, <laughs> rub ink on it. It never worked. It never took. But <laughs> one of those things. And then, you know, at this point now, I'm really in love with, with the art and the history and the right. folklore of it all. So it's not just the surface thing. I really want to try to like make it deep than just getting tattooed on the surface, you know? So are you going to end up on the neck to the face or no? Really the plan, you know? <laughs> you know, maybe when I'm like 80 and I, and I finally can have the opportunity to do it, you know, if I'm not a successful actor at that point, you know, I, which I don't foresee, but who knows? There could be some 80-year-old tattooed dude that they need for a TV or something. I'm going to take a short break, but when we return, Posey opens up about his sexuality, his father's reaction to him coming out about being with men and the possibility of a Teen Wolf reunion. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Here's more of my chat with Tyler Posey. Of course, I have to ask you about OnlyFans. Yes, of course. You recently said it seemed like you were a little conflicted about it. Like, you know... I do know, and I don't think this comes as a surprise to you, you know, as soon as you said you're doing an OnlyFans site, there were definitely people going on there looking for a certain... Sure. How shall... Certain material. Yeah. So you now have spoken about saying, like, you feel like, if I'm 
simplifying it a little objectified. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand with that now? And is that just what comes along with being on an only, you know, having an OnlyFans site? Mm, man, where do I start with this? Uh, <laughs> I don't feel that way anymore, um, objectified, because what kind of fixed that was that that's going to happen no matter what. I'll, 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 if, if I want to, I'll go through my DMs on Instagram and I'll find worse requests than I do on, on OnlyFans, you know? So that... For a while, it was just so apparent on OnlyFans. You know, if if I were on right. a lot, any comment would be like, you know, let me see more, let me show me more, show me more, and it was just it was just all in your face on OnlyFans, whereas opposed to right. other social medias, it's just kind of tucked away a little bit. So mm-hmm. OnlyFans is a trip for me. It, uh, Bella Bella is my friend through the whole entire thing. She kind of helped me get into it, and she hit me up one time after I posted some pictures. She's like, "This is more skin than you need to post on OnlyFans. Call me." I was like, okay, what is this thing that you're trying to get me to <laughs> and a conversation with her and her manager at the time, who's now my manager. And I really liked his pitch. It was really cool. A way to be artistic and push out different content, new content, um, which I'm a fan of. And it's also been like a big experiment for me because I've never been a model my entire life. I've always been uncomfortable and a little nervous. Um, just felt that like, I felt icky modeling, you know, it's this weird (laughs) vibe of just like having to pose for this camera and I just never connected with it. And so it's a little bit of me kind of stepping out of that box and out of my comfort zone and trying new things. Um, Plus it also gave me a really good platform to be really openly open about my sexuality. And that's where Mm -hmm. I really figured out why I like OnlyFans so much is because I do. It's everything under the umbrella that I love. It's being really in, in contact with my fans, releasing creative new content that people don't see anywhere else and being really open about anything, you know, whether it's sexuality or, or drug abuse or, you know, any, anything. That's that's where I really found my footing, I feel like. And I, I, I think it was on my birthday. I did this live on OnlyFans and they were asking me you know, stuff that like horny people would ask you, have you ever been with a man? Have you been with the opposite sex? What was it like? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just being honest about it because I, no one's ever asked that before. And it's not like I I wanted to hide it, but I just had never been asked that. I never found the the proper time to kind of bring it up. Not, I was not like I was looking for a proper time to bring it up, but I was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, sure. I I have, I have done all that stuff before. And um, it was received kind of well. And I didn't, I did not even, it was just such a, like a split second decision. I didn't think about how it would be received or, or what kind of press I would get on it. But I woke up the next day and there was like all these tabloids about like me kind of sort of coming out as pansexual. And mm-hmm. even though I didn't label that the kids, the fans or whoever wrote those articles labeled that. <laughs> kid. Is that. <laughs> but I thought that that was really interesting that like, it just kind of broke down this sort of wall that I didn't feel like I put up but it was easier for me to sort of kind of just be honest about all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So now I've got that with, with only fans, just kind of this sort of real personal interaction I have with my fans on that, on that website. Plus I'm really diving into sort of like really artistic shoots. Like I buzzed my head and bleached it and, and colored it for one of these shoots. And it was like just mm-hmm. very strong images and I thought that was really interesting. And so I'm just really trying to make it artistic. But if I have to show my butt, I want to make it not, like really funny, like not take myself seriously mm-hmm. and just kind of right. show, bring that to OnlyFans. Because that's who I am. I'm, I am a little taboo 
I've always been a little bit like edgier and sexually inclined and just kind of wanting to push the envelope in sort of a bunch of different ways. And I do feel like OnlyFans is a good outlet for that. And so, Mm. yeah, yeah. It took me a little while to find my footing. I did feel objectified a little bit. I felt a little like my mental health was a little on the verge of sort of some sort of break from it all because it it was so taboo and so new and it was a big risk, I think, early on to be a part of it. And I felt all the weight of that. It was really sort of kind of taxing on me. And um, there were so many times where I was like, this isn't for me. I want to pull out and just donate all the money that I made to, to some charity and, I still want to do something like that, but I, I do want to maintain sort of, I think, um, a presence on OnlyFans. And I watched this OnlyFans documentary on Hulu, I think it was, or Netflix. Hulu, it, Hulu yeah. And it was pretty interesting. I think it's Hulu. The whole, the whole time my girlfriend was watching it with me and she was like, when, when are you going to show up? I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be in this. And then finally, <laughs> myself shows up and like... <laughs> It was just a saying that like it wasn't as taboo as it used to be and it's getting well received and kind of like how what Hugh Hefner was trying to do with Playboy. It's kind of the vibe of what's happening right now. So it felt good. It feels good to kind of be in this world of the like the OnlyFans, but kind of changing the, the, the face of it in a weird way, you know? When you talk about your sexuality, going back to those days with, you know, earlier managers um, who were telling you, don't smoke weed, hide your tattoos... Were they also saying, don't be open about anything you like sexually, whether unless it's hetero, cisgender, white? So there wasn't any anything too crazy that came up that would that would warrant that sort of response from them. I did right. have some leaked footage of me online a little while ago. Yeah. That that was my fault, but it did sort of show the world that I am this sort of sexual, I don't want to say deviant, but you know, there's a <laughs> That, that is definitely not on the surface of what you what you normally see, you know? And so they right. did come to me for that a little bit, which is understandable. You know, I had some stuff leaked right. online that probably isn't favorable, but I didn't I didn't release an apology about it. And that made it easier for people to forget about. You know, I didn't I didn't bring right. attention to it. They wanted me to. They definitely wanted me to say, like, look, I'm sorry, I'm ashamed of myself, which I wasn't, and I wasn't sorry. And so I right. didn't want to that so there was an element of that definitely but there wasn't enough to warrant i wasn't doing if 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 i was still with that manager with those managers um when i came out i'm sure i would have gotten a, a shit storm of just like emails <laughs> the next day like what are you doing blah 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 we need to talk about this so it right. is nice you know um to kind of be accepted and just kind of uh, the manager that i'm with now is like the most accepting person in the world and uh, uh, so there was there was a little bit of that, but it wasn't at the point where it's at now. So maybe maybe the fact that I'm not with them has allowed me to feel free to sort of be mm. open to stuff. So, you know, maybe they were in a way subconsciously sort of holding me back from kind of being 100 percent me. And how gratifying is it to hear from young people that say, you know, not into the graphic details of it all, but it's like, thanks for being you. It, it's 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 really cool. I I, I kind of like every now and then I'll go through Instagram or if I find a message that seems particularly um, like they need help, like a fan needs sort of help and they're kind of on the verge of some sort mm-hmm. of down, I'll reach out to them. And a lot of them started after I came out about that and they were talking about like being gay themselves and, and not, and not knowing how to come out to their parents and feeling um, overwhelmed at school. And so I, I was, I started talking to a lot of them 
and I convinced one of them to go to school. Like they're, they're in college now and they're having a great time. And, and oh, wow. yeah, there's, so this, there's, so this, there's been some really, really nice, like chill inducing, like I get the chills thinking about right. this. Um, there's been some really good feedback from that and just kind of really being able to connect with kids my age and, or a little bit younger yep. and just kind of showing them that like, Hey, look, I'm kind of going through some similar stuff too. And like my dad, my dad called me the next day after all this came out, I'd never told him anything about this stuff, you know, and, right. and he called me, hey, buddy, just uh, making sure you're okay. You know, I don't want you to get overwhelmed or stressed out. And, and, uh, but he was totally cool about it. And I was like, yeah, man, I just wanted to like, you know, you know, just, I just, I just didn't want to hold myself back. And I had an interest in trying new things. And, and he was like, okay, well, I understand that. <laughs> so it was all, it was, unfortunately, <laughs> that was awesome. Right. And I've, I've told people, kids who are worried about telling their parents, my dad's reaction. And, and they're like, okay, well, maybe my parents won't be so hard on me if I tell them, you know? And so it, right. it's, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. So when, uh, when are we going to see the Teen Wolf reunion? I talked to Dylan O'Brien. He said he'd be up for it. He's into it. Yeah. Would you do it? Absolutely. Oh my God. I, so there was like this zoom reunion that we did uh, yeah. maybe a year ago and I was instrumental in, in make, make, making that happen. And so I'm always, always down. I've been like coming up with concepts in my head for the last few years, texting them to Jeff Davis. Yeah. Hey Jeff, we need to do this, <laughs> this idea. So I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of bringing Team Wolf back. So when is it going to happen? What's keeping it? I mean, it's like everything's coming back. Why can't Team Wolf? I've been coming up with ideas. <laughs> I've been vocal about it. The, I think the only thing is, is maybe Jeff and MTV need to make some deal, you know, but I'm mm -hmm. ready. It, it's, it's starting to feel like what, what's cool is that Team Wolf now seems more popular than it, when it was on the air. It's just all this folklore and all these people wanting more. So it seems like maybe they're just waiting for the perfect moment to strike. Right. But it's feeling like we're in that realm of it, of it being the perfect moment to kind of reignite the, the Teen Wolf. And uh, I'm always wanting to. I loved that show so much. And it was the greatest time of my life, dude. What about music? So are you going to do a full album coming off of Shut Up? What do you, What's next? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've been recording for around six months now on and off. Wow. And the idea was to do a full length album, but that was when I was still with my band name. And then I decided right. in the middle of that process to be a solo kind of project. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think it would make more sense if I were to feature myself with an EP and then do a following EP uh, some couple months after that, just so that the rollout could be like a full year long. Um, but wow. yeah, that's the plan, man. I'm planning on, on, actor music filmmaker music my entire life you know I, I i want to this is my world i love punk rock i love being on stage um and i definitely you know want to do it as much as i can so we have a we have an ep we've got about like 14 more songs coming out before the year is end 14 wow yeah so that's the that's plan amazing. maybe maybe even more um so yeah, man, I, I think it'd be really fun once we can start touring again, I can go out and really tour. Cause we haven't done that in a while. My old bands used to tour through the UK and all throughout the States. So I'm really looking forward to that when that could happen again. Um, but uh, as of now, I'm just going to keep writing. I really want to try to merge this, uh, the acting world and the music world. I came out with a music video a year ago. That's a 10 minute long horror music video mm -hmm. and there's just yep. like, acting in it and so i really enjoyed that aspect and want to kind of like experiment more with that while we can't tour just try to be as creative right. as, as, as possible uh but yeah man music music and filmmaking and some sort of 
entertainer. That's kind of just how I want to be for the rest of my life. Teen Wolf the musical. Dude, that, dude, that might be it. That might be it, dude. That's a genius. That's a genius idea. Come on. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's simple. It's genius. <laughs> it makes sense. Why it's not? Like, why not? Yeah, that's genius. I'm going to pitch it. <laughs> I want 10%. Oh, dude, you get more than that. <laughs> well, sir, thank you again. Thank you for everything. Um, and we'll talk again soon. I can't wait, man. That was Tyler Posey. Now let's go inside the pages of Variety. For this week's Just for Variety, I spoke to Daniel Nardicio, producer of Liza Minnelli's 75th birthday party. The virtual love letter to Liza Extravaganza streams Friday, March 12th. The evening, which benefits the Actors Fund, includes celebrity tributes and performances. It was very moving. Some of them got me to tears. Some of them got me, like, my my, my, um, goosebumps. Uh, I'll just say this. Lily Tomlin is the best email you're ever going to get in your lifetime. Is Mm. Lily Tomlin sending you a video of her doing all of her characters. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Just for Variety. I'll be back next week talking to Jesse Tyler Ferguson about his new cookbook, Food Between Friends. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your entertainment news, head over to Variety.com. Until next time, stay safe and be well. And please keep wearing your masks. See you soon. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.